Welcome to the Charlotte Shields Coaching Podcast. I have real answers from real spouses of how to uplevel your marriage, even if you've lost hope. You can be the spouse you want to be, and you'll feel appreciated, cared for, and desired again. Let's create your marriage miracle. It's simple, but not easy. Nothing worth having ever is. Stick around to learn what it takes to create the marriage you've always dreamed of. Hey, all. So excited you're here today. We are talking about something awesome, and it is unmessing your brain. How about that for a great subject, right? The holiday season. So we think that we're struggling in our marriages and that it's a spouse problem, right? But it's really a brain problem. What you truly desire most is to love your spouse and to feel loved by your spouse. And I know that you can achieve this because I have, and we were in a really bad place. I felt hopeless about improving my marriage. I was using all my brain power to deal with anger and resentment and overwhelm all the time. And I couldn't feel better. I didn't feel like no matter what I did. And I know you just want to feel a little bit better, right? Stop feeling like you have this dark cloud over your life and like you're drowning. And the thing is, you think it's because you need your spouse to change. But it's really because of this one little thing that you may not understand. And I did not understand. And it's that your thoughts create your emotions. So if you change the sentences in your brain just a little, you can change your emotions just a little. If you're able to change your sentences in your brain a lot, then you will be able to change your emotions a lot. So you feel bad. You feel bad. And you think it's because of something your spouse did or said or something they didn't do or say. And that's a really tricky problem to try to fix because changing others doesn't work as I know you've probably tried. And so then we need to look at ourselves for the solution, right? And this is how you do it. I'm going to give you the formula of how to do this. It's a game changer. It's a life marriage changer. And I'm going to give you examples so that you can start to understand this concept. So first, I want you first to envision an artichoke. Have you seen an artichoke? It's actually part of a thistle bush. And the artichoke is the immature flower. That's what you're eating when you eat an artichoke. And when you take it off the bush, it's going to be hard as a rock. So the artichoke is this very hard Um, vegetable until you steam it or boil it. And then it takes about 30 or 40 minutes. And then you have a softened artichoke. So what we want to be is softened artichokes right now. We're hard. We're right. And we know we're right. And our spouse is wrong. Okay. And the first part of the work is you have to soften your heart because if you try to fix things the way I did, how I tried to fix it was I tried to change my attitude, try to be more positive, but that is short-lived. That does not work. And 
it takes a lot of willpower. And we all know if we've tried to lose weight or do anything else, that willpower is short-lived. And as soon as the next thing hits the fan, then we behave in a way we didn't want to, even though we tried to have a good attitude and we tried to have willpower and we tried to do all the things. It's the reason why it doesn't work is because your attitude is not going to change your marriage. It's your belief system that has to change your thoughts that you're thinking have to change in order to change your marriage. That is how you're going to finally gain traction. So you're going to soften And the way you do that is you have to ask yourself, where could I be wrong in this? In every single situation, that is the beginning of the softening. You have to believe that you're contributing to this problem between you and your spouse. And until you can do that, be humble and teachable and be willing to admit that where you're thinking might be wrong about yourself and others, that's when you'll finally get traction. You have to start getting a little bit curious. So this is how you do it. You start to become the watcher or the observer of your thoughts and the way to catch these thoughts. You have 6,000 a day. So you can't just be looking at every thought you think, right? That makes no sense at all, but it's when you feel bad in relation to your marriage. If this is what you're working on, angry, anxious, overwhelmed, Notice when these feelings come up and then immediately you have to do the work of what am I thinking that is causing this emotion? Because emotions are always caused by your thoughts, always. And you think it's caused by the situation or the circumstance. So let's look at the Grinch for a minute because it's never true. It's never the circumstance or the situation that's making you feel bad, mad, overwhelmed, anxious, never is. And we know this because two different humans on this planet could feel completely different about the same circumstance because they are thinking about it differently. So let me give you an example. The Grinch, his circumstance was he lived in Whoville and he lived alone with his dog, Max, right? And it's Christmas season and we know he's 61 years old. So he thinks I hate the whole Christmas season. And in the book, it says no one quite knows the reason, right? So when he thinks this thought, he's feeling angry and he doesn't show up well, right? But you could have the exact same situation. Somebody else could live in Whoville, live alone on the mountain, and it's the Christmas season and they could be 61 years old and they could be super excited. They could be watching all the Christmas preparations and love it and they just can't wait for Christmas, right? So we know that it's his thought that is the Grinch's problem, okay? So what does he do when he thinks the thought, I hate the whole Christmas season? What does he decide to do? Okay, we know he steals presents and food. He whips his dog, Max. He lies to Cindy Lou Who. He packs a sleigh full of toys with a lot of effort and drives it back up the mountain and almost kills himself. He listens for crying. He's shaking and his feet are frozen in the snow. And he's really puzzled because he hears singing, right? So he, in this in this circumstance, he is miserable. That is what he's creating for himself. And he's creating it from this thought that he hates the whole Christmas season. Okay. That is what is causing him 
to feel the way he's feeling angry, right? And we know this is true because this same Grinch, this exact same Grinch that lived in Whoville and lived alone with his dog, Max, and it's Christmas season and he's 61 years old, he changes his thought and everything changes for him. Do you remember what the thought was? It's Christmas doesn't come from a store. It means a little bit more. That's what he thought. And he feels grateful. And he, what, what does he do from there? He shows up so much better in his life because he returns the presents and the food. His, the, in the, um, story, it says his heart grew and he carved roast beast. Okay. So life is looking up. He's making friends. He's eating good food. He is having fun. Remember when Cindy Lou who gives him the little strawberry, he smiles and it's his best Christmas ever. So really nothing had changed in his life besides his thought. And then everything changed. So let's look at one more, the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens written a long time ago, but it is a classic and why it's so, why it's lasted the test of time is because it has truth. He is, we're learning truth as we watch his story and his thought was Christmas and life is a humbug. That was, he, he was basically living alone. He was a business owner. He lived in a mansion. Those are the facts about his life, right? But he thinks that life is a humbug and that Christmas is a humbug. And he is miserable from that thought. And he justifies the way he treats others from this thought. He won't donate to the poor and he won't spend time with his nephew when he's invited to his nephew's party. He eats alone and he goes to bed alone on Christmas Eve, right? He's um, isolated and unhappy in his life and he's unhappy in general, but also at Christmas season, he's pretty miserable person. So what happens is he, these three ghosts come to him in the middle of the night and they show him his past they show him show him his present and they show him his future and from these different experiences that he has in the night with these ghosts he still has the same life everything looks the same as far as he's still living alone he's still a business owner he still lives in this mansion but a thought changes in his head from this experience with the ghosts and he realizes that relationships matter and he feels love. And from this, he buys a prize turkey for his employee, Bob Cratchit. And he's generous. He gives to the poor when he said he wouldn't before. He wants to be with his nephew on Christmas Day. He loves Tiny Tim, this little boy that's his employer's son. And he shows it by saving his life, by financially backing him so that he can get his health in um, fixed. So what happens from this just a thought change that he had during the night, he enjoys Christmas. His heart is literally changed. He's excited. He's joyful. He's living a joyful life. So now I want, I know you're sitting there asking yourself, but what does this have to do with marriage? I'm telling you, it has everything to do with marriage. This is what changed my marriage. Thoughts are optional. The Grinch's thought was thoughts were optional and the Scrooge's thoughts were optional optional. And the other thing to really, really be on to 
is that your thoughts may not be true. I know you absolutely believe that everything you think is true, but what you choose to believe will become your reality. So just like the Grinch chose to believe in the beginning that Christmas was terrible and he hated the Christmas season, he created that in his life. He absolutely hated Christmas, right? And same with Scrooge. It was the exact same thing for him. He chose Christmas was a humbug and Christmas was horrible until he changed his thought. So let's look at a real life couple in a real life situation that I coached. So the wife came to me and this, I just made up an income. Let's say they made $200,000 a year, right? And her thought was that she wanted to pay a portion of her kid's college and her husband didn't want to pay a portion of the kid's college. So his thought was, I didn't pay for my, or my parents didn't pay for my college. And I think that they should pay for it themselves. And her thought was, my parents did pay for college and I want to help our children. Okay. And they have had this argument over and over again, and they don't agree on it. Okay. So her but her most limiting thought was my husband doesn't value my opinion because he didn't agree with her. She made that mean he does not value my opinion. And she felt frustrated all the time with him. We started going over, you know, how do you show up in your life when you feel frustrated with your husband and you don't think he values your opinion and she would avoid him. She'd disconnect from him. She'd argue about it with him. She would spin during the day when he was at work on her hurt feelings about how he didn't value her opinion. And sometimes she'd even complain to the kids about it. So what was she creating in her life from this thought? My husband doesn't value my opinion. It wasn't what she wanted to create in her marriage and in her life, right? And the interesting th thing is that when we really looked at it together and we uncovered this in her brain, this thought of my husband doesn't value my opinion, she realized that by avoiding him and arguing and disconnecting and complaining to her kids that she wasn't valuing her husband's opinion. Isn't that interesting? And how do you figure this out? Where do we even go with this? I mean, when she, when she came to me with this problem, she just said, this is the problem. This is the truth. I want to help my kids pay for my college. My husband won't. And basically he doesn't value my opinion. And that was just her truth. But how do we start to soften the artichoke so that we can get to the heart and the core of each, each other, because we have good hearts and we have had a bunch of false beliefs and self-betrayal and lies that our brains has offered us. And we just believe that everything we think is true. But the fact is that that artichoke choke has tons and tons of leaves on the outside of it. And each one is a false belief that we have decided is true in our brains. And we just have created this art hard artichoke in our marriage that is what is and the and the coolest part about learning this work is that we can start slowly with awareness in our brain getting curious with where might i be wrong in this we can start to be able to pull a leaf off first we are going to soften with our steaming 
or with our boiling of water. And that looks like questioning our thoughts. That's what we're going to do. And as we start to question where I might be wrong with this, where I might, um, what might this look like if I didn't believe this so strongly and I wasn't, I didn't have to be right. What might it look like? And as we're able to do this, we soften and then we can pull off one leaf at a time and start to scrape off the yummy part with our teeth. And eventually our life's work is going to be to pull off those false beliefs about ourselves first, and then about our spouses and all the other relationships in our lives. And we might be able to come to different conclusions about everything. And that's what happened with me. So let me tell you what she decided to think instead of my husband doesn't value my opinion. So the circumstance is going to say the same. It would be, um, we make $200,000 per year as a married couple. And her thought that she chose to think when she had done all this work is I'm open to believing that I can trust my husband with our finances. And she started to look for a lot of evidence that he had created a wonderful home and environment for she and her children. And she felt peace when she thought this thought. And then she showed up with gratitude to him for all the work he'd done to accomplish what he had for their life, for their marriage. He felt She felt connection to him gratitude. She started using her brain power for more useful pursuits than spinning in hurt. More useful pursuits might even look like, I wonder if I could go out and get a job and use the money that I spend now um, to help pay for my kid's college because he doesn't want to. Do you see how your brain can start to focus on a solution instead of a problem? Do you see how when you're not in this um, drawing line in the sand and I'm right, and he's wrong, or he's right, and I'm wrong, it doesn't have to look like that. And then she may feel like she's trusting herself more. She's trusting her husband. And even she's trusting her kids' ability and talents to work hard and be independent. So this can look so differently and nothing has changed. What if her husband still decides he won't help the kids with college? What if she really wants to still help the kids with college? Do you see how a change in thought can give her such an empowering position instead of being a victim or, oh, this is just how he is. He's not generous. He's not kind. He won't help me. He doesn't value my opinion. Do you see how that train of thoughts leads you down this rabbit hole of having this marriage that is disconnected um, there's a lot of conflict. You are avoiding each other. And this happens with so many issues. And this is how we start to unravel this story that we've told ourselves. And it is a story. I know when my, when my clients come to me that they are completely convinced that the story that they have created is true. Like I was telling you, the Grinch has had created a story that he was a victim, that he had no power to do anything except for suffer through Christmas every single year and hate everything that was happening below him and watch it and hate it. Okay. And 
we see that that wasn't the case, right? He finally did act on it. He decided to act in terrible ways, stealing and lying and all the things to, to change his feeling, right? He thought that instead of feeling angry anymore about Christmas by doing all of these things, stealing and lying, that he would feel better. What was he waiting for? He was listening. Remember, he has this huge sleigh full of toys and he's up on the hill and he's listening. And what is he listening for? He wants vengeance. He wants revenge, right? He wants to hear all of the who's crying boo, who, who, right? That is what he wants. He thinks that is going to solve his feeling problem. He feels awful. And so he thinks this will fix his feeling problem. But how do we fix our feeling problems? And who is in charge of fixing our feelings? If we're angry or sad or mad or frustrated or overwhelmed or anxious, who is in charge of helping us and actually changing those emotions inside of us? It's us. We're the only ones who can do it. And we so often think that people outside of us and what they do is going to change how we feel. But it's always our thoughts. So we want to be onto our thoughts. That's number one. We need to get curious about when we feel bad, when we feel an emotion we don't like that we are trying to run from, then we need to look at the thought that is causing that feeling in us. That's our first word. Get curious. What is causing me to feel this way? Because I know it's not these outside circumstances and this external stuff and the way he's acting and the things he's doing and the things that he's not doing. So what are the thoughts that are causing me my trouble? And then do I want to think them anymore? Because you will be able to tell if you want to keep thinking that thought and feeling that way by the actions in your life, you will start to see that you don't like how you show up when you have these thoughts. I don't like how I show up when I have the thought, my husband does not value my opinion. Did you know so often you can just switch that thought around? He does value my opinion. He cares. If you can't get there, at least get curious about how there's usually your brain will say 95% what I'm thinking and believing is true. 100%. He doesn't value my opinion. And I can find so much more evidence that he doesn't value my opinion, but how about giving your brain just a little bit, just a teeny tweak and saying with that 5%, with that 5% that maybe he does value my opinion and start looking for evidence for that in your life. How has he shown me that he values my opinion? And from there, you are going to start to get traction in your marriage. I promise you, you can't change another adult. You can't change someone else, but you can change how you choose to think about the whole entire life that you've created together. And by doing that, everything changes, just like the Grinch's life, just like the Scrooge's life. And it's slower and it's more imperceptible, but it will happen. So have a great Christmas holiday season. 
and can't wait to see you next time.